Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astro! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H Town Hardball. It's October. It's Halloween. I'm wearing a Freddy Krueger sweater in Austin, Texas, and it's 70 degrees, but that's how dedicated I am to this time of year. And now, synonymous with the spooky season, the Astros are back in the World Series. They have pitched their way. They have hit their way. They have ran, and they have really shown so much intestinal fortitude to get to this place. They have been booed incessantly. They have been roasted on social media. They've been in many ways ignored by the national media. They are the team nobody wanted and they are here and they have really, I think shown what happens when a clubhouse circles, the wagons comes together and they have responded in in a way that I think um, only people that are fans of the, the big orange wagon um, as dusty once called the Astros only only those fans understand what's up and what happened it's a special season for sure um you know the idea that this team would be good enough to go to three world series in five years um, if you asked any astros fan from the late 80s into the early 90s they would have thought that that was impossible um and then to see you know, Biggio and Bagwell get so close, but yet remain so far. And in some of those great seasons they had, it, again, it's it's special. You can't take this for granted. Um, you know, we'll worry about what next year will look like on November 4th-ish. But, you know, right now we need to really enjoy it. But I will say this. As someone who, you know, tries to take a broad macro look at what um, the Astros are like, but not just the Astros, but baseball itself. I am loving that the Astros and the Braves are in the World Series. This is a this is this is Manfred's worst nightmare come to fruition. Um the concept that any of the darlings that the Dodgers aren't in it, the Red Sox aren't in it, and the Yankees aren't in it, and therefore um the the ratings will be down, the money that will be made will be less, to me is beautiful. And it's beautiful because Major League Baseball never took the approach that the NBA has taken, that the NFL has taken, where they've never really promoted themselves as a league. They don't push agendas as a league. The NFL doesn't give a good goddamn who's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess if the Cowboys play, um, let me see, I don't know. Let's say the Cowboys play the Raiders in the Super Bowl. There might be a slight uptick in viewership, but you know what? People are also going to tune in to, I don't know, Panthers, Chargers. People are going to watch the Super Bowl because the NFL has pushed itself as this this entity, this juggernaut. Um, I think the NHL does the same thing. I think the NBA does the same thing. Major League Baseball has always been, there are four teams that matter, and then the 26 nobodies, everybody gets to play. And what happens with that is you don't push that agenda. You allow the the national media to pick and choose who they cover. And look, that's short-sighted. ESPN is going to cover who gets the most ratings now. They don't care about what will happen if we change the way we do business and we promote a different team 10 years from now. They don't do that. So um, this is the bed that they've made. They need to lie in it. And I hope that they'll realize, and and we're going to talk about this a little bit on Let's Get To, some changes I think Major League Baseball should make to help make sure the sport stays strong 25, 30 years into the future. But right now, this is the situation they've created. Um, the very fact that most of the stories 
about the Braves making the World Series weren't about the Braves making the World Series. It was about the Dodgers not making it. That's all you need to know. And so, you know, I think the Astros are going to win. I'm not sure, um, you know, I'm not overconfident. I'm confident. I think, you know, if you look at who the Astros beat to get here, the starting rotation of Chicago, the bats of the Red Sox, and here they are, um, I'm confident. But from a sort of taking a step back, taking my Astros fandom off, I love that the Braves are here. I love that it's against Houston. Two of the sort of kind of regionalized teams, they aren't necessarily huge national brands. I know the Braves are a bit bigger of a national brand than the Astros, particularly because of TBS back in the day, but I love it and uh, here for it. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this, this, this series is going to turn out. All right, gentlemen, we're back. It's Halloween time and the, the uh, MLB's worst nightmare has come true. The Houston Astros are in the World Series. First of all, uh, we'll start with with just jump in. What was your first immediate thought after the you know Brantley cut catches the last out? Um, I know there were text messages going around. How jacked were you guys? I mean, for me, I was just relieved because it's it's stressful. I have to you know first of all sit through a um, drubbing at the hands of St. Thomas to the point that even they let the Pantherettes go home early because I think it ended up being thirty seven to fourteen. Eagle fight never dies. Um, so congratulations on that. Uh, but I was watching the game like everybody else in the stands were. Uh, the PA announcer was even giving us updates you know, during the game. And then it was, I get home, put the TV on, realize that we have a runner at third base immediately, or they have a runner at third base, immediately turn the TV off because that was my fault. Stupid triple. What did I, what did I doing? Um and then started watching through my phone, turned it back on just in time to see Maldonado throw out the runner at second. And why Verdugo was going, I have no idea, but that's a whole different thing. Um, it, just relief. I mean, it was ex- I was excited. I was pumped, but just relieved that we got there again. And it's, you know, three times in five years, regardless of what your feelings are about the Astros franchise and 21 players who no longer are with the organization, um, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And I wish, you know, my friends in Dallas could feel that someday. No, I don't. Never mind. I don't know why I said that. I don't, I don't feel that way either. Uh, I had much the same experience. You know, I had not watched any of the ALCS on TV. I'd listened to all of it. The one game that I did have on my friend Hoyt basically surprised me. We had this festival dinner and he had every TV turned onto it just in time for me to sit down and see the first grand slam go over the wall. And I said, that's enough. So same thing, like last night or the other night, it's like I get done, Had a, a we had somebody over for, for drinks. I turn on the game, the triple happened, I turned it off, and then I turned it on after he was thrown out. And then just in time to see Tucker's, I guess it was Tucker's home run go over. So it was nice. Brian, how about you? How did you just, what was your, your reaction? Well, it was slightly circumspect because, well, there's a Red Sox fan in the room. Um <laughs> And Keep so, forgetting that part of it, you know, to, you know, but internally, um, you know, I, I certainly I had much more of the relief when Tucker's home run um, happened because, you know, it's five runs. You have the best reliever coming in. You feel relatively confident, um, as confident as you can at that point. And I appreciated Presley going one, two, three in the ninth so that I could continue with that. Um, it was mostly a reflection of the, you know, we have uh, 
I've been following this team for close to, you know, certainly 35 years. And 86 was a special season for me as a 13 year old, but, you know, following it since we moved to Houston in 1980, they've done this four times, um, you know, and that's in the end, a pretty good ratio. You're supposed to go one every 15 years in the leagues. Now they go at one every 10, they've now gone one every 10 years, but they really back it up into what is the golden age of Astros baseball, right? They've gone to the world series now three times in the last five seasons, they have this set of players who are both really good, but who have playoff records were just as good as their regular season records. And, um, you know, it is, it is this, it is this great sense of relief and joy that the effort you put in a fan gets rewarded in a way that is, you know, I don't know that any of us deserve, but it's certainly enjoyable as heck. How much did we love the Luis Garcia to Framber Valdez? What you can do, I can do better. Um, that is the, you know, Luis is, Luis, like, I, I love that none of us jumped off the Luis bandwagon based on two bad starts in the playoffs. Like, he has been this guy all season. Um, he just looked different. Yeah, he threw the ball harder. His velocity was up. I think he had one pitch of 97 miles an hour in the regular season, um, and he had eight of them. Um, apparently the mechanical adjustment they made on his foot placement. Uh, I think Strami said he should have done that earlier. Um, it says he's, he was sort of, you know, mocking himself for not figuring that out earlier. And, uh, if I remember correctly, um, Garcia threw 20 cutters, the Red Sox, uh, excuse me, the Red Sox swung at 13 of them, made contact once foul ball, 12 swings and misses. This was a, a great vintage Luis Garcia start. Also, I want to give some praise to Dusty Baker because he also didn't, you know, look at him and say, hey, he's rolling, he's dealing, I'm going to keep him going. He was cognizant of third time through the order. This guy's great, but you're great until you're not. And he gave up the big hit to uh, Hernandez and said, that's good. I will bring in my bullpen now. They are rested and ready to go. And they did a great job. Yeah, they were rested and, and, and really did a good job. I think, too, Andy, Garcia's performance with no real run support for most of it. I mean, it just was – it added that level of, you know, they had a run, and then you start to think to yourself, this run might hold up. I mean, it was just nuts how he was throwing. Well, and some of this is certainly my wish casting on people, but when you watch a pitcher like Lance McCullers, and we've talked about this before, you know exactly what he's thinking. You know exactly what his emotions are at any given pitch, and especially if something goes wrong behind him, you can see it on it. And he's gotten better over time at dealing with those things, but it's still something that's front and center in my mind. Garcia doesn't seem to recognize, acknowledge, uh, internalize, have any of these issues. If somebody's on base, somebody's not on base. If he's got a 10-run lead, if he's got a 10-run deficit, he appears to be the same guy. Um, do I think that he got a little bit overwhelmed on a couple of road starts in the playoffs? Absolutely. I think the White Sox atmosphere was – um, a, a tremendous one and probably uh, deep into the pool for him. And I think the Red Sox game, I, I think there truly is an issue with his mechanics. Sometimes it gets out of whack, uh, whether that's an injury or not. Maybe that's a little gamesmanship. I, I don't know, but it worked out in our favor. Um, but the way he rose above the pressure in game six, um, you know, if he can continue to bottle that, uh, it's going to it's going to fare well for Houston for the, this, these last seven games. Well, speaking of the last seven games, you know, I'll be honest, um, as for as much as we're sort of tangentially, I think, friends with and connected to another a, a sort of brave show similar to ours. I don't know a lot about them. Um, I know a couple of the players that I like. I know that there's a lot of um, 
discussion, re the tomahawk chop, which we won't get into because it's neither our circus nor our monkeys. But uh, I don't know a whole lot about them. So tell me a little bit about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. A couple of things that stick out for you about them. Yeah, so the Braves are a team that, um, I mean, it's the most important thing about the Braves. They sort of remade their outfield on the fly. Uh, I guess the analogy would be like the Astros bullpen. Um, so it's a little harder to analyze their season because it's a very different team with their current outfield of Rosario Duvall and uh, and Peterson. Um, we'll probably get Jorge Soler as their DH in the games in Houston. Uh, none of them started the season with the Braves. Um, and so they've remade the outfield. Um, their best player is, you know, their best player will be watching it with Justin Verlander, that is, on the uh, on the bench <laughs> yeah. and Ronald Acuna Jr. Um you know, and so they won 88 games. They won the, uh, I think, the lowest of any playoff team. Um, so, yeah, they're that's not not as strong. They have good starting pitching. We're going to see old friend Charlie Morton uh, on the mound for them game one. We will probably see uh, Max Fried game two, left-handed starter Ian Anderson game three. Um, that's it. They're not as good as the White Sox starters. And so there's no reason I don't think the Astros won't be able to hit because they've done that. Um, scored five runs in nine of the 10 games this postseason. I continue to expect them to hit. Uh, the Braves have a very left-handed bullpen. Their three of their four best relievers, Will Smith, uh, Tyler Matzik, and uh, A.J. Minter are all left-handed. And so we'll see something very different out of that bullpen. Um, all of them have been described as shaky before by Braves fans. They seem to have much been much improved here in October. So in that sense, they're very similar to the Astros bullpen. Uh Andy, what about you? Anything you want to add to just like, what can we see? And, and I do think the shaky Will Smith thing, it's become a bit of a meme for them. Um, well, I mean, it's, if you look up Will Smith on the internet, just Google Will Smith, Atlanta Braves, it comes up much maligned Will Smith. <laughs> I I thought that was his first name for a little bit. Will with nickname. <laughs> what an odd um, choice. Yeah. You, have to yeah I, you do have to differentiate him from the other Will Smiths, both the acting and the catching Will Smith. Correct. And that works. Uh, one of them, only one of them is getting jiggy with it though. Yeah, and then you, if you're addle brain like I am in my old age, you have to remind yourself that that's not Will Harris, who is not pitching for the Braves. <laughs> um, you know, to, to add on, I think pitching is their strength, um, I, especially the starting rotation. It's going to be interesting because the Astros have not played the Braves since 2017. And so other than facing uh, Charlie Morton um, with the Rays, there's no recent experience with anybody that the um, Braves are going to throw against the Astros. So there's not a history of success. And, you know, the, the Astros fan in me, the longtime Astros fan in me truly believes there is a, this thing about, Oh, it's a pitcher we've never faced before. We're probably not going to score any runs. Um, but the Braves have the same situation. They've never seen from Valdez. And if he's on and throwing curveballs like he can throw curveballs, that's a tough matchup for your first time seeing him. Uh, Garcia is the same way, catching his rhythm if he's on. Uh, and that's going to be the trick. Are our pitchers on? Are they are they ready to go? And who do we piece together for our fourth or third and fourth starts uh, between Urquidy and Grinky and Odorizzi? And how are they going to perform? And I mean, there's just a lot of unknown things. And, and that's one of the things that interleague play, play has taken away that used to make the World Series so great. We're kind of getting back to a little bit here. These teams haven't seen each other in four years. Um, there's not a lot of familiarity. And to the point, the three of us are looking at stats and trying to hope that we know what's going to happen based on past performance because we have no history of, oh, well, they played in July. 
Uh, we've seen a lot of the NL West in the last couple of years. We've seen nothing from the East in a while. Um, I think their lineup's interesting. Uh, to um, Brian's point, they've kind of pieced it together because there were three games under 500 as recently as the uh, beginning of August. And yeah. made acquisitions. There was a great, there's a great tweet about that. Uh, some Dodger fan was, you know, upset and said, we all are only good for the last 60 games. And somebody commented, oh, really? So 60 games is enough to matter? That's awesome. Um, And so it's a team that's still kind of finding itself. So they don't score a lot of runs. They certainly don't have the offense that Houston has. But if you follow Braves Twitter, you you watch some of their playoff games, somebody steps up every time they win. uh, There's a different guy. So if it's Eddie Rosario, who was acquired for Pablo Sandoval, who is basically a panda in a baseball jersey at this point. And I mean, I don't mean the panda. I mean, literally a panda. (laughs) Um, I think uh, Braves Ashland called him a mascot. They got Eddie Rosario for a mascot. He was an NLCS MVP. Um, Your big guns are going to be Freeman and Riley. Uh, Those are the guys who have been there all year. Uh, Those are the guys with the highest OPS. Those are the guys you expect um, and you hear the most about. I think um, their second baseman, Ozzie Ibe, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, Um, Abies. Uh, I'll be sorry. He's dangerous. Um, and Jock Peterson is a guy who gets hot in October, although he didn't do much in the NLCS. Uh, so, and then you've got um, solar coming back who is going to, it's going to benefit him to be able to DH in Houston because he's still not hundred percent healthy, even though yeah. he was activated for the NLCS. Uh, I think the other interesting thing from the Houston perspective is what we do with Michael Brantley slash Jordan Alvarez when we're in Atlanta. That's what, yeah, that's what I want to talk about now. Like, what will the outfield look like? I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of things. To me, uh, you don't take the bats out of the lineup, and you do 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 do. <laughs> you do Jordan in left, and Tucker in center, and um, Brantley in right. But uh, is there something, Brian? Am I looking at that wrong, or is that what you would do as well? I think we'll certainly see that in Game Five when Fromber, ground ball specialist, is on the mound. You expect less uh, balls to go in the outfield. It's it's less clear to me what they're going to do in Game Three. Uh, Urquidy, who allows a lot more fly balls than does Fromber, um, they really tried throughout. Dusty tried throughout the season to spot Jordan when he played Jordan in the field to do it when Fromber or Lance, his two ground ball guys, were on the mound. Um, so we'll see. I will say this: having, I assume Jake Myers will be out for the World Series. Um, so that means the defensive advantage you get is muted uh, by having Chaz McCormick in center uh, rather than the outfield you recommended. So I think that may lean to uh, using that um, all offense outfield early and then, you know, substituting in McCormick and Siri as defensive replacements to help salt away the game in the last few innings, possibly in a double switch because I know where you guys are on this, but I have, um, I grew up as a National League fan because, of course, I followed a National League team. My team has moved to the American League, and I have realized the error of my ways. And oh, I yeah. hate pitchers batting with the passion of the converted. I will never forget the rants of, God, the manager doesn't have to do anything anymore. Like, what? when would you double switch? Now you have to fit. And I don't want to. Yeah, I don't. Bring on the universal Steady move to bring in your 12th best player. Yeah. To, uh, plus side, if we give Grinky a start, that means he might get two at bats, and that's a plus for us because Grinky hits better than any of their pitchers do. Matter of fact, he probably hits better than a couple of our outfielders. 
I don't want to see Grinky uh, getting two at bats in a game. Um, I, I think I, you're I wrong. It's delightful. <laughs> Um, I want look, that, he will tell the opposing pitcher about it for the rest of his career. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, hold on, hold on. Is that Zach Grinky, pinch buncher? I, Probably our best budding option. Actually, that would be no, that would be pretty sweet. Okay, we got a we got a sacrifice situation. Let's bring in Zach. Um, let's talk broad strokes. Then you know, I was thinking about this World Series, um, and in part because I just don't know a lot about the the Braves, but I remember seventeen um, being. Not really a lot of not a lot of confidence in winning, still being very excited to be there and looking at the fact that the Dodgers were the best team in baseball. They had that one 21 run, right? 21 win run. And then 19, I was incredibly overconfident. I thought it would be over in five. Um, and so I don't know where I'm at now. Um, I think the Astros are better than the Braves, but we again the looking at the Nationals example of a team that comes in hot, uh, you just don't know. Uh, where are you guys sitting, Andy? We'll start with you. Just overall, how do you feel about the series? And then we'll get some predictions after. Um, you know, I'm a little bit like you. I haven't had to pay attention to the Braves or the National League East uh, in a number of years. I mean, through a COVID season, through the regular rotation for interleague play this year. And I think in 19, we didn't play the East either. So no, we were supposed to play them in 20. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play them next year. If you yeah. want to come up for the Astros Mets series, please do. Oh, okay. right. that'd be fun. Um, we want to see City Field, so that's a, a thing I will consider. Um, so it's interesting. What I know of the East is a bunch of teams that beat each other up, but none of them were incredibly dominant. For a while, it looked like the Mets were actually going to win their division for the first time in forever, and my couple of Met friends, fans, uh, Met fan friends were uh, not surprised with the way things turned out, but they were quietly optimistic up until about you know end of July. Um Phillies came on, and it feels like the the Braves just kind of war, won a war of attrition um, to end up winning that division, and they've gotten hot at the right time. I think they're dangerous because their starting pitching is very good. Um, they have timely hitting. I don't think they're consistently scoring runs the way the Astros do, but they seem to rise to the occasion, at least they have against the Dodgers um, in, in those playoffs. So – you know, it's dangerous. And, you know, of course, the shades of the story that Fox is going to go with, of <laughs> this is a team that was under 500 as recently as August, blah, 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 like they did with the Nationals, is going to play really well. And I think there's something to that. The Astros fan in me does not think this is going to be an easy series. The Astros fan from the late 90s thinks that we're probably going to lose. Um, I'm not ready to make that my pick yet, but uh, it's just there's so much unknown that I don't have a real great feel for it other than, I am excited about a team that there's no artificial hatred being pumped forth for this series, at least not to this point. Andy, Greg Maddox is not walking through that door. Yeah. Tom Glavitt is not walking through that door. Tom Smoltz will be there. Is, but Tom Smoltz will be there. Exactly. A broadcaster, so we'll have to listen to him. But what about Steve Avery? So. <laughs> we'll definitely shut down the Astros. We'll definitely shut down the 97 Astros not pitching in this series. Um, I, I mean, all those ghosts are, you know, um, deep, deep within all three of our psyches, uh, having lived through all of that. And, uh, you know, uh, my most angry and frustrated moment of Astros fandom is the Walt Weiss play on Tony <laughs> Javio. Walt um, Weiss will be there. Again, fortunately, not at, not fielding a shortstop. <laughs> so again, 
instead. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, who I should note was the first pick in the 2015 draft. And well, that uh, we're going to, as we all know, that was not a good pick because the second pick in that draft was a better player. And the fifth pick in that draft was a better player. And there are players that's, that's Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker. Um, the playoffs are as always a crapshoot, right? The, the, uh, the Dodgers are a better team than the Braves. The Dodgers did not win four of seven games from the Braves. It's a short series and anything can happen. I don't think we were the better team in 2017. Uh, we were the better team in 2019. And it mattered neither time. The Astros do have a couple of significant advantages in this series. Um, both of our bullpens are not great, but we have the single best uh, reliever in this series in Ryan Presley. Um, two is we have a better and deeper offense as we've had in every single series and therefore, and you know, it keeps showing up because they keep scoring runs. Um, again, they've scored five runs. I love or more. that Brian's turning this into a therapy session for us. Like he's speaking to an audience of two right now, Andy, sorry, Brian, continue. Well, I'm speaking to me too. I'm speaking to an audience <laughs> of three here too. Cause you know, uh, so absolutely so um you know again these are advantages will these advantages bear out again yeah, if they played 162 games absolutely over seven we shall see but again the astros have clear advantages a couple areas of sort of weakness to sort of think about um the braves top of their lineup is very left-handed and rosario leads off and then freeman hits second uh, austin riley hits fourth um Phil Maton will continue to have to have a big series. He's been the right-handed reliever who the Astros have relied on to get out left-handed bats. And we'll see that. Uh, we'll see that again, or we'll see Brooks Raley in that pocket. And, you know, um, hopefully he's concentrated just against the, uh, against the lefty batters. Uh, the Braves offense is heavily reliant on home runs and researching this series. Apparently their home park is a very hitter friendly park, which I had absolutely no idea about. Until uh, looking up in the series, so uh, they've been in there three, four years now. So it's not a, it's not a fully new park. But I don't think it's developed the re- a reputation of being uh, as hitter friendly as the numbers show that it is. So there may be some high scoring games in games uh, three, four, and five. Okay, well let's let's do some picks then. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with some of our let's get to uh, folks. Uh, we're going to get Andrew Nelson out of the way because he's taking uh, the the Braves in seven. Uh, with Eddie Rosario as his MVP. Uh, Timothy Jedgets, my brother, has Astros in six with Jordan as the MVP. Scott McIntyre has the Astros in five with Correa as the MVP. Jess Canaster has the Astros in five with, he put Mr. Guy who sat in my front seat because he got to pick up Alex Bregman from the airport one time when he was working for the Quad Cities River Bandits. I've seen the Bregman seat. I've sat in the Bregman seat. He's very proud of it. So he's got Bregman um, winning the MVP. I'm going to go Astros in six, and I'm actually going to um, I'm going to go Framber Valdez as the MVP. Uh, I think he's going to uh, I think he's going to dominate the series, man. Um, Andy, we'll go you first, and Brian. Completely unscientifically, um, because I have no feel for this. The homer in me is going to pick Astros in seven. Um, if you're going MVP. Uh, the only Astro, only current roster who's hit a home run against Charlie Morton is Jose Altuve. So I'm taking that, but I'm taking Martin Maldonado to have a couple of big hits against Morton because he's the only player on our roster who has hit him consistently. Uh, and we're going to see Morton twice, maybe in a clinching game. Um, I will take the Astros in six and I will take Cal Tucker as the MVP. 
All right. Well, we will be back uh, Wednesday morning in some form or fashion after game one. Everybody have a great uh, run up. And remember, like you said, Brian, fourth time in, in team history, third time in this run. Let's enjoy it and go Strohs. Go Strohs. Out of your merch. <laughs>